It's another big week in professional wrestling with the card coming together for AEW Grand Slam at the Arthur Ashe Stadium, the return of Nia Jax to Monday Night Raw, Becky Lynch is a new NXT Women's Champion, the first ever interaction between LA Knight and the Bloodline, and the completion of the WWE UFC merger. Lots to talk about as always on Earn in the Push. My name is Jack Murley, professional broadcaster, alongside professional rugby player Charlie Beckett. How are you, Mr. Beckett? I'm very well, thank you, Mr. Murley. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Hold your mic a bit further away from your mouth, because you are... Well, where are you? What's going on? Oh, so I'm down in London because of some work stuff and things going on, but um, I haven't got a full uh, surface to put my mic on, so I just, like, I was commentating on something, put my mic right to my mouth, so I'm sorry if I deafened anyone there. You were like the booming voice of the uh, anonymous Raw general manager, is what <laughs> Because you're such a That's big a, bloke. That, that is a hideous, hideous slander to compare me to the Raw general manager. It's such a small mic and you're such a big guy that when it's not on the stand, you're sort of crouched over it. It's very, very impressive. But look, you're sorted, I'm sorted, we're good to go. So let's get into it. Remember, he's Charlie underscore Beckett on most social media. I'm Jack underscore Merley, wherever you social. Rate, review and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen today. And let's start with two big developments in the world of WWE, both centred on the women's division will kick off with Monday Night Raw. The return of Nia Jax out of nowhere at the end of the women's world title match between Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez. Nia Jax is back in WWE, Charlie. I've got to be honest, I'd sort of forgotten she was out there. Yeah, I, I wasn't... I was pretty nondescript to this, I won't lie. Um, I've never been a huge Nia Jax fan. I don't dislike Nia Jax. I'm pretty untoward towards uh, Nia Jax, if I'm being honest. But I think what's interesting is how she'll go in this new, uh, so to speak, WWE with Triple H at the helm of creative because she is um, something completely different in the women's division. She is unique. There's no one as big, as strong, as powerful as her. And she will give a different sort of threat to Rhea Ripley. And that women's division is always good to see new blood and some more, the development for more storyline the women's division. We've said a lot on this podcast a lot of the time. It seems like there is the title, and that is it in the women's division sometimes. But the more top-end stars you get in there, the more potential is the story. So I'm not against it whatsoever, uh, but I wasn't jumping out my seat when I saw it. I think I'm the same. And you know, I've seen Nia Jax have some really good matches. I saw her at NXT London Live um, against Bailey way back in the day, and she was excellent there. I think the most exciting thing about her is, as you say, she is completely different. She looks different, she's built different, and she is a different kind of physical threat to Rhea Ripley. The story with Rhea has always been she's the biggest, baddest, strongest in that division. Nia Jax lumbers onto the scene and you go, well, is that really true anymore, you know? Lumbers. You don't exactly, of all the words you could have used, Mrs. Murley, you've gone for lumbers. Is that the verb you'd like to stick with? I, I mean it in the most respectful way, looms into being, however it may be. She's just a big unit. She She's like, you know, sometimes you could plug Braun Strowman into the title picture and just because of how big Braun was, you'd go, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. The women's division hasn't had that in WWE. I guess the only place we've seen it in women's wrestling maybe is, is with Kong in Impact. It's good to have that diversity. And, and this is what I was going to say. So there was no sort of slander at all from this podcast anyway, towards Nia Jax's size. She's just a large human being. She's big, she's strong, she's powerful. You just don't see that as often with women as you do men. That's also, it can take you by surprise, but 
her body is sensational at doing what it needs to. It's big, it's strong, it's powerful, it's athletic. I think you, it's interesting you bring up Awesome Kong because her running TNA is lauded to this amazing run, the way she was handled, the way she was presented. So it shows that there is the market there for wrestling fans to have this absolute animal and beast and huge like warrior of a fighter in the women's division. There is there is the appetite there for that. You can do it. I think it's all about how you present Nia Jax. I think in the past, she probably hasn't been presented in a way that lent itself to that. So actually, if they do present her in the correct way and treat her in the correct way going forward, it could be something very, very exciting for both the women's division and WWE as a whole. And they've started it in the best possible way. You put her in the main event, you give her the closing segment, Rhea Ripley, hottest star in the industry, perhaps in the women's division. I know that's maybe debatable, but... If you're saying, look, show us what you can do, you can't give her any more of a start than that at all. And it's a huge time for the WWE women's division. That was on Monday Night Raw. On Tuesday, the man Becky Lynch comes around to NXT, beats Tiffany Stratton to win the NXT Women's Championship, the only title she hadn't won, a feud that came out of maybe two weeks' build. Big move for NXT and for Becky Lynch that, that really came out of left field. Yeah, enormous, I think. We've seen Finn Balor go down and win the title, haven't we? We roguely saw Dolph Ziggler go down and win the title that that odd time as well. But as big a star as they both are, this would be like in the Attitude Era, The Rock going down and win the title, wouldn't it? Stone Cold, this is probably the biggest star you've got on your women's roster historically. She's main evented WrestleMania going down to NXT and win the title. And I think what's clever is they haven't invaded NXT with these main roster stars, but you've seen Corbin there recently, Becky, Seth Rollins went down recently for a match. You are seeing them drip fed in. I think it's being shown in the viewing figures for NXT, but what they're, they're doing well, and Shawn Michaels is at the helm down there doing really well, is it's not taking away from NXT stars, it's not taking away from the Bron Breakers, the Carmelo Hayes, the Strattons of this world, who are NXT's homegrown stars. So... I like it a lot as a move. It'll get more eyes on NXT. I think I saw it was something like NXT's most watched episode since 2020 or something. So that shows the draw that Becky Lynch is. Fascinating to see if we see her with the NXT Women's title on Raw, on SmackDown, if she comes to the main roster, so to speak, or if she's just strictly NXT only while she's the champ. I think it's a fascinating move to make. And, and here's what, with my geeky wrestling hat on, I'm really interested to see is whether there's a point over the autumn, if WWE keep dripping their stars into NXT, that NXT's ratings overtake Dynamite's ratings. Because way back when Dynamite launched, in one of the early incarnations of this show, it was Dynamite way clear of NXT. And sort of that's one of the reasons that the, the thinking always was that they went to NXT 2.0, stripped it back, changed it completely, because the brand lost. Now, if NXT can beat Dynamite and WWE can say our first, second and third place shows are better than AEW, that's interesting. And you know Vince is going to want that. Yeah, I, anyone in WWE says they didn't move NXT away from Wednesday nights because of Dynamite, I think it's probably lying. They had a head-to-head confrontation, the ratings, and they lost to Dynamite. Um, God, you brought back some horrible memories of NXT 2.0 there. I'd forgotten that thing happened. They took my favourite thing and they destroyed it. Um, but NXT is really good at the moment. I know there's a lot of wrestling, so some people might be watching it, but it's not as good as the heydays of 2018, 2017, 2019 NXT. I've said many times this podcast is my favourite wrestling. Like, you go and pick any random takeover from those two years, that three-year span, I promise you it'll be a good show. 
no doubt. But actually, NXT is consistently very, very good at the moment. Um, there's some great characters, great wrestlers. The champions are good. And actually, it's not as good as them, but it's getting toward again. And it's exciting to see there be a buzz around the black and gold again. Yeah, and, and it's taken such a long time. It's taken such a long time for us to get our eyes back on NXT. I just wonder, I really do, if they take over Dynamite, what that ends up meaning. Because a lot of the AEW, not apologists, but we've seen the ratings drop for Dynamite from where they were to where they are now. And if WWE can show you can add on viewers, really interesting to see what AEW do. Um, is it beneath Becky Lynch to have this belt? That's a very good question. Um, I don't think it is. I think it elevates the belt and elevates NXT without degrading her because in the very easy stories told, if you want to, of why would Becky Lynch want to win it is to become a Grand Slam champion. It's the one belt she hadn't held. She's now a Grand Slam champion. But I don't think it even needs that. I think there aren't, unlike in AEW, there aren't many belts in WWE. They aren't, not everyone has one. So actually holding any belt in WWE whether that be Raw, SmackDown or NXT, should be something they strive for. And I think especially in the women's division, like we have said it in the podcast already, they sometimes struggle to have storyline that is outside of the titles. But if you now give a third title that people want to go and win, potentially that could really help with there being more storyline story for the women and give them a third show to tell that story of. So I, I didn't think that's what I was shocked to see she won it. I thought that she would lose that match. I thought it would be a one-off marquee match for NXT. I was very surprised to see she won it. But... I don't think it's beneath her, and I'm fascinated to see what they do with her as champ down there. Eyes will be back on NXT. I know I'll be watching NXT, and I haven't for a while, because Becky Lynch is there. Uh, we'll be talking about the Bloodline and LA Knight's interaction a bit later, AEW as well, and the UFC-WWE uh, merger, which has been completed this week. And boy, is that big news. Just one more thing for the women's division. Uh, breaking earlier this week, Jade Cargill... AEW homegrown star to the extent that AEW can have a homegrown star if the rumour and speculation is to be believed is on her way to WWE. Now if you were to construct a WWE superstar male or female you would probably draw Jade Cargill. She would be a huge acquisition for that roster. Oh she would she would be sensational on the WWE roster. Imagine just off the top of your head imagine her versus Rhea, her versus Bianca, her versus Charlotte. Her versus Bailey, her versus Becky, her versus any of these women would be incredible. Raquel Rodriguez near Jax as well, Nia Jax. But she talks the talk, she walks the walk, she's a great character, great wrestler. She is a draw and I think would slot in seamlessly to WWE. It'd be very, very interesting to find out if this is true as to why she's leaving. Are they offering her more money at WWE? Does she want to wrestle for WWE? Because you can't imagine that Tony Khan would want to let her go easily she she was the woman in that company for weeks and weeks on, on end that that winning streak i would say if i were wwe and what do i know just just if you've got to go careful with her because she was protected in that winning streak she didn't have to do much and she is a star the only thing that will make her less of a star is if you put her out there and maybe she's not quite ready now i don't know whether she's improved in terms of how long she can go how much she can do uh, but you double that goldberg effect where where you sort of she, she's she's asked to do more than she can do before she's ready to do it, and she loses that aura. But if you let her keep that aura, I mean, a Becky versus Jade Cargill match at a WrestleMania for the NXT Championship is is marquee. Yeah, it's interesting. I think 
how you look after and present her, as you said, is massively important. She had that winning streak where they they were essentially squash matches, weren't they? So we haven't seen her go that long in the ring, and we know the WWE is leaning towards a longer match sort of style at the moment with how the how the wrestling world is. So it'd be very very interesting, especially with that women's division. They pride themselves on the quality of matches because they're just so bloody good. Doubt uh, all those women there, they are excellent. So it'd be fascinating. I think I read that if she does come, she'll go straight to the main roster. She won't go uh, to NXT, which I think I think there'd be a little bit of WWE wanting to be like, it's different with Cody because it was always Cody's decision because he's Cody. But you'd be like, well, this woman made her name in AEW. When she's not from WWE before and she's chosen to leave to come to us. She'd want to show that off a little bit because, like I say, Cody's different because he made his name first in WWE. This off the top of my head would be the first person who made their name in AEW and has come to WWE. Yeah, exactly that. And look, regardless of what we say about WWE and AEW on a weekly basis, the fact there is opportunities for people to go elsewhere. We may next week be talking about Edge pitching up at AEW Grand Slam. Who knows? Competition is good. More places to work is good. And we wish Jade Cargill well wherever she ends up. She will be a star whatever she does, including WWE, if that is where she ends up. Now, elsewhere in WWE this week, we saw the bloodline of the Judgment Day all over Raw and SmackDown. They are the glue, the skeleton around everything being done in WWE. Miscommunication between Jey Uso and Kevin Owens on Raw and LA Knight coming face to face with Paul Heyman on SmackDown. Charlie, I feel like we're getting a War Games match somewhere. They're building to some form of War Games involving the Judgment Day. I just don't know who is going to be in that match, who they're against. Sammy, Kevin, Jay, and one more. Got I don't know who. Well, it's got to be Cody, hasn't it? You'd think so. That would make sense, but we haven't heard from Cody in this story for a while, have we? Well, he's sort of there and thereabouts, taking down Dom, taking out the Judgment Day, but then you see the Judgment Day mix it up with the Bloodline on SmackDown, and you sort of go, or are they going to, because what a marquee match that would be, Judgment Day against Bloodline, but what even remains of the Bloodline now? Yeah, there's only Jimmy, Solo and Roman, who we haven't seen in a million years. So I, I don't know. It'd be fascinating. It will be fascinating if they go, but I think just think it's incredible. Like, you go back a year and hear us talk about the uh, about the Judgment Day. We are not talking like this. The way they have turned that stable round and how... Imagine WWE without them at the moment. You can't really. They are all over it and in a good way. Like, they come on your screen, you're like, oh, I'm glad this is going to be exciting. So I, I feel like we're going that way. If I had to put money on it, I would go with Sammy, Kevin, GA, and Cody, I think. And that would be a hell of a match. Yeah, and do it at Survivor Series. That is a main event if they're going to do war games at Survivor Series. What I like is that Jey Uso and Kevin Owens have still kept that rivalry simmering on Raw, despite being tag partners. They So often we see a heel come back as a babyface and everyone just forgets what's gone on in the past. Kevin Owens, less than a year ago, was getting the tar beaten out of him at the Royal Rumble by the bloodline. He wouldn't forget what Jey Uso was doing. Yeah, I've really enjoyed that with this Jey Uso face turn that no one has um, has forgotten. You saw Drew being just about Matt Riddle. Like These guys aren't going to just forgive the way that Jey cheat them out of titles and beat them up with the numbers game. So, And that's really good because that's what would be like in real life. Like, if someone who had been mugging you for last year and beating you up suddenly came and was like, ah, oh, I'm a good guy now, you're like, oh, yeah, sweet, let's be good guys together. 
like I do think one of my least favorite things in wrestling is two faces being mates because they're both faces. I'm forgetting all history. On the flip side, one of my favorite things is heels being mates because they're heels and just horrible people together. I really enjoy that. It doesn't work as well when they're nice people. So I, I um I'm really enjoying that people aren't just forgiving Jay because he's good now and they're like, yeah, you do have to earn my forgiveness, earn my respect, earn my trust because you've been an absolute scumbag for the last 12 months. Oh, well, longer than that for the last two, three years. Good use of scumbag. Good use of scumbag. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I think the best thing to happen in wrestling this week didn't happen in the ring. It happened backstage. LA Knight and Paul Heyman crossing paths. That is an exemplar of what to do with 90 seconds, it shows that Paul Heyman is the master and the seeds are there now, Charlie, for an LA Knight Roman Reigns feud somewhere along the line. I just loved every single part of this. This might be my segment of the year and it, it barely would lend the time it takes to boil an egg. It's testament to LA Knight, isn't it? The fact that how he's got over so much that you could plug him in at the Rumble, for example. Now, I wouldn't because I want him to win the Rumble. But at any pay-per-view against Roman, and we all know he's not going to beat Roman. He's not the man to beat Roman. But he's so over, is he? Like, it could would they pull the trigger on that? Or he's he's so over that he is a credible threat. And I think it's just so much testament to him. Like, this was not the plan for LA Knight. Like, Triple H and Vince McMahon, they didn't go, he's our guy. He's got himself over 12 months after being a manager. Like, they made him manager because they didn't think he could wrestle anymore because he's too old. And he's just gone, no, 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 this ain't how he's working. So I've got all the respect in the world for LA Knight. I think it's amazing what he's done. And like I said, then he's my pick to win the Rumble. I'd love to see him challenge for the World Heavyweight title at uh, at Mania. I'm going to ignore the fact that last week, Gunther was your pick to win the Royal Rumble. Because... I forgot that, Jack. I won't lie. Yeah. Uh, you're, a little, you're a little hussy when it comes to Rumble picks. I, no, I like LA Knight a lot, but I'm still going with Gunther. I want Gunther to face Seth Rollins. And what do I want LA Knight to do? I just like him to have a lovely time at WrestleMania. Well, look, if ever there was a man for money in the bank next year, it's got to be LA Knight. Here is what I think. Has there ever been a non-wrestler who can give someone so much credibility in so little time as Paul Heyman? Because what made LA Knight get to that next level he wasn't beating down Roman Reigns in the ring. He wasn't having bell-to-bell -bell classics, yet he was getting himself over organically. But Paul Heyman just said, I know who you are. Yeah, I get it. It's fun. Don't ever interrupt me again. I mean, LA Knight is a bigger guy off the back of that 90-second interaction than he ever was before. Can, can anyone hold a candle to Heyman in terms of making someone relevant just like that? No, absolutely not. I think it's so interesting and it's so credible because that's how sports works as well like it doesn't matter who you are if for example Sir Alex Ferguson said in an interview oh yeah I know who that guy is I rate him he does this this and this well suddenly the whole football world's going oh Jesus we have to take stock of Joe Bloggs Alex Ferguson knows who he is so he must be good and it's the same across any sport any great coach which I know Heyman's not a coach he's a manager but a football manager but let's use that he's an off-field out-of-ring boss advisor whatever he is anyone a Steve Kerr in basketball says he knows someone everyone's taking stock Eddie Jones in rugby says he knows someone everyone's like oh okay they must be good so I, I don't think there's been anyone like him in wrestling and I think as soon as you get put in a segment with Paul Heyman and Paul Heyman acknowledges your existence 
that makes you far more over and far more credible immediately. And also because, yeah, that's Paul Heyman, the character, the tribal chief, the wise man. But we all know that Paul Heyman picks his spots, who he chooses to lend his credibility to. And there's no doubt he's done that with LA Knight. So we look forward to seeing where that goes. AEW, big week for them. They're heading towards Arthur Ashe Stadium next Wednesday. Uh, Grand Slam. The card is looking pretty solid. Chris Jericho against Sammy Guevara. Soraya against Tony Storm for the AEW Women's Championship. And we now know Samoa Joe will take on Maxwell Jacob Friedman. MVP, uh, MVP, MJF, excuse me, for the AEW World Championship. Who will be the MVP of that match and come out on top remains to be seen. But this could be a classic. Yeah, I'm very excited for this whole show. So... I said it last year, I think it's at the year before, I'll say it again now. I know people think Arthur Ashe Stadium was built for tennis. It was not. Wait till you see wrestling in it. That stadium is built for wrestling. It is, it's perfect for it. It's perfect. The way the stands are, you feel on top of the action, it's brilliant. The atmosphere will be outstanding. Um, those three matches. By the way, Tony Storm, quietly doing some of the best character work in the business right now. This whole, I don't even know how to describe, how would you describe her character currently? I would describe it as a reanimated 1920s film starlet who has somehow landed in the wrestling world. It It is bonkers, but brilliant. When she keeps saying to Renee, chin up, tits out. Honestly, it makes me pop every time. I'm like, this is just hilarious and it shouldn't work. I know it shouldn't work. I know I'm laughing because it's silly, but it's good silly. And this is one of the things that is unique to wrestling and I love about wrestling is you, when it lands right, you can do these silly characters and they can be brilliant. So, yeah, I just wanted to say we haven't spoken about the pod yet, but quietly she's doing some of the best character work in the business right now and reinvented herself incredibly because I don't think anyone saw this coming from Tony Storm. Well, she could she could be that slightly off her rocker, unhinged comedy champion that no one can beat. Like, And I don't know where the money is, if it's in her chasing it. And, and eventually winning, or her winning now, and people not being able to get this belt off this woman who on the face of it is just certifiably bonkers and yet somehow keeps finding wins. Yeah, I, and because she's such a good wrestler in the ring, that it's almost like she changes at the bell. I'm not saying like Festus used to back in the day when he literally changed with the bell. There's a there's a wild callback for you, isn't it, we'd say today. But yeah, like she's all business when the bell rings, and she's brilliant, Tony Storm, everyone knows she is. And then he's this wacky weirdo when it's not so... I just want to say that that's been brilliant. Jericho Guevara will be a great match because the story there, they're two great wrestlers and it's Chris Jericho. And I'm really excited and really intrigued, we were speaking about it yesterday, of what MJF Samoa Joe is going to look like. Yeah, I, I'm i excited about this because Samoa Joe is someone who you can... Uh, uh, a bit like Nia Jax in the sense you've got that physical presence, he looks different, he's built different, but he's got all those years of credibility. You slot him into the main event, and it is credible that he could choke out MJF. It really is credible. Now, do you put the belt on him without getting Adam Cole involved somehow? Because you could, and you could extend the storyline, or you could have MJF beat Samoa Joe, but I feel like there's more road to run with MJF and Samoa Joe. I'm not sure I want this to be done at Grand Slam. No, no, I'd agree. And I think as much as there is intrigue in MJF and Adam Cole's story, whatever, they're the two of the biggest stars, I do think having the title in the middle adds that extra layer of Adam Cole still wants that title. And I, I, I would keep the title on MJF. I'm not sure how I'd have him beat Joe because they like say Joe, on the face of it, should kill him. Should just absolutely... I'm one of my favourite chants in wrestling is Joe's going to kill you. 
is one of my all-time favourites. When the crowd starts going, Joe's gonna kill you. I love it. I think it's brilliant. Um, so I don't know how I'd do it. Nothing screams to mind. I don't know, would I have Adam Cole accidentally cost Joe? Because they've got to remember Adam Cole's a face. So does he accidentally cost Joe? And then we get Joe versus Cole, which I'm all for. There's history there. NXT, I'm Ring of Honest. Like, yeah, give me that. I, I Yeah, I could see Cole somehow costing Joe being a bit sheepish about it, and then we get Joe Cole, not the footballer, um, Joe versus Cole for a while because there's money in that, and then maybe Joe comes back to the title. I don't really know. Or maybe we don't see MGF return the favour and help Cole. I'm not sure, but actually I quite like not being sure. Yeah, I'm the same, and I, I can see this going a number of ways. I Here's what I think I would do, and I don't think there's actually a wrong way to go with this story, which is quite nice, but if I was playing the averages, I think I would have Roderick Strong come out I think I would have Strong try to cost MJF the title. Cole come out, try to throw a super kick at Strong to get rid of him. Hits MJF. Joe beats or chokes out MJF. Joe is your champion. And then Cole beats Joe. And then MJF comes back at some point And it turns out that Cole never accidentally hit him. He always meant to. The Cole has outsmarted him. I think that's what I would do. And I think that gives you that episodic storytelling. That, that we need for AEW. But I, I know I'll be watching. I know I'll be watching for that main event finish, and I think it's going to be great. we got Christian and Luchasaurus versus Darby, Allen and Sting. Sting and Darby are just going to jump off everything they can. Do we get Edge at Grand Slam? Do we get Edge at Grand Slam? That We're going to keep asking this question until he turns up somewhere. I'm going to say no, but I don't know why. I don't know why I'm saying no, because I could see it, but I, don't, I just don't have that gut feeling. I could be wrong. Um, talking about, I was also talking about Tony Storm doing some um, underappreciated character work. So is, um, well, Christian's doing some of the weirdest character work I've ever seen mm. of just trying to find and mock people having dead dads. It's very weird, but somehow working. I don't really understand how. And I know folks who have lost their fathers who are loving it. Yeah, that's the thing. It doesn't feel... It doesn't feel disrespectful somehow. I don't. I don't know how. And I reckon if you put the same words into another person's mouth, it would be one of the worst gimmicks we've seen. I'd be disrespectful and hideous, and we'd be on here lamenting it. But Christian is making it work somehow. Yeah, and it's not. How would you even say this? You're waiting to enjoy him finding another fatherless person. You're waiting to. You're sort of looking at the roster gun. I wonder who else hasn't got a dad that he can do this with. I'm, I'm waiting for someone to mention it, either backstage or in the ring, in like a very emotionally, and then Christian turn up. Like, it's, it makes me feel an awful person. It, it's carnage. So he's doing some great character work. And again, the three very odd characters. Neck brace Roddy Strong is hilarious, by the way. I just, you, old Jack's face does, says he disagrees on this one. I look. Firstly, I'm always glad to see on TV anyone with a little bit of grey hair because I, I I feel I feel that now. I get that, but Silver Fox Merley over here. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know. I I think what is happening is Roddy Strong is doing his job so well of being such a wet blanket that I yeah. uh, he's got proper heat. Chris Jericho has got a uh, Christian has got entertaining heat. Mm-hmm. Roderick Strong, I'm just like, oh, for God's sake. 
I, I think he only gets away with it because we all know what a badass Roddy Strong actually is. Like, what a good wrestler. I just, my, my favourite thing is, have you seen how many different renders they've been using on match graphics of him in that neck brace? Every single one has a unique render. How many bloody photos did that man have taken in this neck brace in different positions? Well, it's easy money, isn't it? Just go out in your neck brace and take some photos. I mean, it's going to be great. AEW, hard times at the moment in terms of, of off... The, uh, I was going to say off the pitch, but people know what I mean. Backstage stuff that's going on, but actually good product uh, going on there. Here may be the most significant story, even if it doesn't feel that way this week. The WWE and UFC merger is now complete. It means both companies are owned by a parent company. That's TKO. Uh, Endeavor hold the majority of the stock in this new company. WWE uh, have less of it. Vince McMahon is now the executive chair of TKO, but for the first time ever... He is no longer in ultimate control of his company. If they want to do something else with WWE, they can. And that feels significant. There's a lot to get into here. There's a lot of very serious stuff. There's a lot of financial analytical stuff. Did you see Vince's TKO photo? I've not only seen it, but I've seen Tom Campbell uh, doing some fantastic work on social media with the spoofs. What is this man? Uh, imagine him sitting down with Linda in the morning. Linda, it's the biggest day in the history of our company. Do you think I should shave my moustache off? Absolutely not, Vince. You keep that. Should I dye my moustache? Absolutely, yeah. Let's get that a nice dark black. Should I wear the exact same suit colour as the background of the graphics going to be? So it looks like my head's floating like a superhero villain. Yeah, go for that, love. That'll be the look. What? What is this, man? Is he just a parody of himself now? I, I think he may be. And I loved at the New York Stock Exchange, this guy who, let's not forget, has had pretty serious spinal surgery, we're led to believe, in the not-too-distant past, standing and cupping his hand to his ear, Hogan-like, to get the cheers of the stock traders there. I mean, we've got his... Sorry, sorry on this. He's that brash and blasé. The man is still, I believe, under investigation, potentially by, I'm not sure, FBO, like, the company, there's still an investigation, I think. Into his comments, yeah into his conduct and not too long ago a year ago stepped down because of the allegations of sexual misconduct in the company this is the same man out there just not giving a hoot doing what he wants the he's a supervillain things what man is a supervillain he is and and depending on on your various moral and ethical beliefs Good luck to him, or I can't believe he's got away with it, and you will decide where you fall on this. What is beyond doubt is he is not in charge anymore. Now, he's executive chairman. He is in charge for the moment. But if someone goes, actually, we've had our time with Vince McMahon. We don't want him involved in WWE. You can get rid of him. He is not in charge. He does not have the final say. And that opens up all sorts of interesting possibilities, including something that's been speculated about. One CM Punk who, of course, used to fight for the UFC and has good relations with Endeavour, suddenly being spoken about. And if you read what Nick Khan said this week, it was words to the effect of, we've got a lot of respect for Phil and what he's achieved. Think that was deliberate? Yeah, it was a very, very interesting interview, wasn't it? And statement of, very much the door is not closed, is what I took from that, to the point where they may be opening it for him. It's, oh, it's fascinating. And, And a WWE without Vince McMahon and ultimate control isn't something we can fathom because it's not anything we've ever had before. No, that I think that's the thing. I think 
it's a weird analogy. It's a bit like Trump running to be president again. We've never seen anyone do it like he's done it, so we can't predict what the future is. We can't predict what the wrestling world will be like with someone other than Vince McMahon at the helm. It is now not Vince McMahon's world. It is Ari Emanuel's world, ultimately. And that is very, very interesting. And we will just see how that goes as we go along. Hey, let's do everyone's favorite part of the podcast. Something from everyday life is earning the push. Something from everyday life is going back to developmental. It can't be wrestling related, first or second. I'll go first this week. Do it. Uh, back to developmental. It's just been stuck in traffic. It's happened to me twice in the last three days. And it's added like, not even like proper traffic. Like it's added 20 or 30 minutes to my journey. And it's just really annoying like there's no there's nothing deeper to this there's no de- it's just very very annoying isn't it yeah i and, and the worst is not the traffic jams where you you sort of accept you're not going anywhere when there's been an accident or something for me it's the 70s down to 40s for six miles and you just think oh it's taken forever that for me is the worst kind of traffic yeah just more congestion than travel you are moving but at half the pace you should be yeah so that's my back developmental. Nothing exciting there. Makes sense. My my earning the push is the return of the NFL this weekend. Oh. It came back last weekend. I'm a big NFL fan. I'm listening to all my podcasts. I'm watching the highlights. I'm, yeah. Sundays, I can start watching NFL at 6 p.m. if I want to. And I can finish if I want to at 3.30 a.m. If there is non-stop. I say if I want to. If my other half allows me to is what I mean there. Um, and obviously I don't step to 3.30 all that often but no, um, big NFL fan happy to have it back it was a wild first week uh, and my boys, the Cowboys got a massive win so I'm a happy man Do you not think they could reduce NFL down by quite some distance by just not doing the swapping on and off of the defensive offensive teams I mean, that's my problem with NFL I want it to be a lot quicker than it is it takes too long it, it is frustrating like that, but you have to just accept it. Like, if you can't accept that's part of it, it's not the sport for you. Like, there is lots of stoppages. There is a different team for offense, defense, and for kicks, especially teams. There's lots of players doing what looks like not much work, but actually is a lot of just very intense work. Um, yeah, it is It is an odd sport, and I can understand why people don't enjoy it, but I really, really do enjoy it. And I have, like, a group of us about six or seven of us of my mates who are really big into it and it's just all we'll talk about for the next four months okay well that makes sense uh i'm gonna sort of relate it to kickers my earning the push you'll be able to expand upon this the return of drop goals in um in rugby now anyone who watched england's game uh in the rugby world cup will know that george ford seemingly <laughs> discovered the drop goals were quite a useful way to win rugby games and I know they're not easy, but he did it with such ease. I am giving them the push and asking you, why people don't do drop goals more, Charlie? It's a very good question, Joe. First of all, the ease with which he delivered those drop goals, do not let that fool anyone for how hard that is, especially the one from about 50 metres. That is an incredible skill, I think. What showed that was Johnny Wilkerson talking about a half-time, king of the drop goal, obviously, in our country, um, talking about how impressed he was with George Ford. Um, all right, it's wild, is it? I think it's because... Normally, you'd find yourself in a position where you're trying to score more than three points. Like, obviously, if you get a penalty, you kick out as one. Thing, but when you're in drop goal range, you're also in try scoring range. You don't want to try to score a try. But England's attack on Saturday night, wherever night it was, was faltering. It was not good. And after three minutes, we were down to 14 men. So, actually, it wasn't exciting. It was one of the worst games of rugby for enjoyment I've ever watched. It was not a stunner. But England managed the game sensationally. 
and George Ford put on an absolute masterclass of how to win a game while a man down. Now, this is not a rugby podcast. I do another rugby podcast sometimes. So if you want to hear more of this, head over to the Championship Clubs podcast. I'll talk about it there. But yeah, it was boring and ugly, but the best way to win that game. It just seemed like something that seems so logical to do. By the way, now you've done a bit of rugby analysis on this pod, can you bring a bit of wrestling analysis to your other yeah, pod? I'm, I'm going to have to try and work out how I get two minutes of wrestling analysis onto the rugby podcast, but I'll work something out. Easy. Just say, oh, that match, like a Royal Rumble. Speaking of which, and then just go through it. Um, so my, my co-host on that is a secret wrestling fan. He texts me, Ross, who I co-host that with. He, I think he listens to this now and again, or at least watches our reels. And he will text me about wrestling sometimes, so I'll probably get him going on it as well. Come on, Ross, no be a secret wrestling fan. Uh, back to developmental for me is spiders in the house, but being cruel to them. Now, house spiders are meant to live in the house. If you chuck them outside, they will die. They are not made to go outside. So if you have house spiders in the house, let them live in the house. Don't throw them outside. That is my plea. You look shocked like you didn't know that. No, no, no. I'm just, I, I'm just thinking I don't enjoy when people just kill spiders and often ones because they don't like them. Like, lots, of people, lots of people don't like me. I'd be quite upset if they killed me. Uh, yep, that's a, that's, that's, you're comparing your worth to the worth of a spider. Potentially. Also, but, uh, can I say, anyone who is able to trap you under a glass with a sheet of paper <laughs> deserves to it, do what they want. It, it depends how big a glass you've got <laughs> and what you put on the paper to entice me onto it. Coffee. Coffee on the paper. God, done, that's me trapped. Yeah. Be nice to spiders. That's sort of my thing. And we don't need to say more on that than that. Uh, one last question for you, Charlie. We sort of touched on it earlier. Where is CM Punk? He's biting his tongue. What's going on? He was the biggest thing in wrestling last week. I was certain we'd have heard from him. Where is he? It's fascinating that he said nothing because that goes against, surely, from what we know of CM Punk, that goes against every fibre of his being to not say anything. So you wouldn't, there must be a reason. I don't know if he's waiting to get a podcast, waiting to write a book, or if he's waiting to come out in WWE and say it all. A little bit of legal advice, maybe. Don't say anything now, Phil. We think you've got a case. So, uh, look, we shall see whatever happens. We know that next week we're going to have AEW Grand Slam. Expect a big finish to the main event. Uh, and lots going on on Raw and SmackDown. But for this week, we are out of time. Thank you for listening wherever you've joined us from today. Remember, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. He is Charlie underscore Beckett on most social media. I'm Jack underscore Merley. We are out of time. Until next week, enjoy your wrestling week and bye-bye. <laughs>